Hey, our expat colleague Ronan is asking me out on a date. So, what do you think about him? You know him, right? Weren't you invited to his housewarming party last time? Yeah, I was there. I enjoyed the party, but I don't think you should go out with him. He seems a bit rude. How? What do you mean? From the emails, he seems like a nice guy. Nah, he's not really. First, he keeps saying the F word. And then, he made fun of Manny Pacquiao. Oh my god. Oh, and that's not all of it. Worst of all, at that party, he served lechon. But, there was no rice. everyone and welcome to another episode of Banana Q Podcast. I am Ray and I'm joined as always by my co-host D. Our topic today is Filipino faux pas and how to recover if you ever commit one. But first, what is a faux pas? Well, yeah. It's, it's, it's French, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's spelled weirdly. So it's spelled as F-A-U-X-P-A-S. Well, if it were a Filipino word, it would have been Foxpas. Yes. Foxpas. <laughs> Yeah. Not pronounced as how faux pas because you know so it's French they always spell it differently and mm-hmm. weirdly and it means an embarrassing or tactless act or remark in a social situation. Yeah. So now, in case you've never heard of this before, now you know a new French term, right? Aside from baguette mm. or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So if you if you dine in a French restaurant, you can have another French word. I don't know for some reason when you're in a French restaurant, right? You would wanna pronounce the French food the French way. Creme brulee. <laughs> yes. Fogwa. <laughs> so no, Fogwa. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just respect, right? That you would try to pronounce mm. it how it is supposed to sound. So anyway, we can probably kick this off by providing examples of faux pas that we ourselves committed while abroad. Mm. Right. So I will start. Okay. When I first arrived in Singapore in 2008... I made a comment to a Singaporean teammate about how all Chinese were the same. Ooh. Now, I mean, because as a Filipino, you don't, I didn't know the rules that, you know, I don't really remember what I said exactly. But I think I told mm. her that she was the same as a mainlander, which I didn't know was considered very offensive to Singaporeans. Mm. So she got mad. And I didn't even know why until a Malaysian teammate explained to me that there is apparently a hierarchy of Chinese in mm. Asia, right? So now this wouldn't have happened if the book turned movie called Crazy Rich Asians had been out already and I'd already read it at that mm. point. Because in that book, which came out five years after that incident, the author Kevin Kwan, who himself is from Singapore, created a hierarchy of the Asian ethnic class, which can be seen from highest level to lowest level as follows. Indonesian Chinese... Singaporeans, Hong Kong Chinese, Malaysian Chinese, Eurasian, Asians from New York and Los Angeles, very specific, American Chinese in Connecticut. (laughs) So within US, there's a hierarchy, okay? So Canadian Asians in Vancouver and Toronto, then Australian Chinese in Sydney and Melbourne, then Thais, followed by Filipinos in Forbes Park, what? So it's just specific there, okay, guys? So Forest Park is okay. considered a rich area. 
the Philippines. Mm. And then American-born Chinese. So, see, Filipinos mm. in Forbes works are, are higher in rank compared to American-born Chinese. And then Taiwanese Chinese, Koreans, mainland Chinese, and ordinary Indonesians. So, I don't know where... Filipinos, like, not in Forbes Park Falls. This hierarchy doesn't really continue. So I guess everybody else not found in this hierarchy is, like, maybe lumped together or something. I don't know. But it's quite funny that there is actually a hierarchy. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, so... Well, that is very interesting, huh? So mm-hmm. to avoid committing that faux pas, that social awkwardness, then perhaps just don't make generalized comments right mm, like, oh, exactly. all of you are the same no just, <laughs> yes. just avoid having <laughs> such claims <laughs> yeah yeah because yes because singaporeans consider themselves like higher in the totem pole compared to like a mainlander so yeah that's what happened how about you what was the well, for me when i first arrived in japan it was very awkward because i i, I was naive and didn't know exactly the tiniest details that is required to know when it comes to japanese culture right so we Filipinos were very warm, and so when we meet somebody, you know, especially somebody who we have not seen in a long time, we would hug that person, mm. be very physical about it. And what happened was, I was meeting some of my Japanese colleagues in person for the first time. Mm. So we've been in contact via email, via phone call. So we felt we were close. I felt that we were close, mm. close enough that in our first physical meeting, it's okay to hug them. Mm. But it kind of like, it felt weird. And because for Japanese, it's not normal <laughs> to have a lot of physical, especially during the first meeting. So they would generally just bow, right? So mm. it's no physical contact at all. Whereas uh. me, I just went ahead and <laughs> hugged the person. I really did kind of commit a very awkward social faux pas right mm, there. Like yeah. I should have avoided that. <laughs> Um, and also that put the other person kind of in an awkward situation because he, that person didn't know what to do <laughs> and how to react. <laughs> so it was a little bit awkward. So yeah, that experience kind of like is very hard to forget. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it was <laughs> embarrassing for you and the other person mm. is, was probably taken aback. Mm. Can you imagine you hugging a person who's don't want to be hugged oh, or, yeah. <laughs> or don't know what to do and hug? Like, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, it kind of is like, you know, to them, you are maybe even sexually harassing them. Maybe it's kind of that mm. level or something. But of course, yes. it wasn't, right? I mean, to a yeah. normal Filipino, it's not. But to them, mm. they might have thought that way, right? Mm. Like, what, Wait, what is it? Yes. Male, female? Who, who are it was a female. Oh, no, then it would have been made <laughs> <more> awkward. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Well, it's okay. Yeah, um, yeah that, that happens. Weird. Yes, yeah. That, this is very mm. common, right? The faux pas happen, cultural faux pas happen because, you know, it's a big world and each country mm. has their own sets of cultural sensitivities or, you know, what, mm. what we consider as normal and not. Yeah, and some of them are not written at all. It's just you living in that society kind of mm. gets to know these things, right? So I think it's... We, we just need to be aware of them to avoid them, right? Yeah, I think even in Singapore, they're not really touchy people. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I think I would overhear sometimes they would talk to 
each other about like, oh, have you seen that photo? That guy had his hand on that girl's shoulder. Oh my God, he's so sleazy. Like, you know, that is not normal to them in the Philippines. It's considered fine, right? We are yeah. quite touchy. So yeah, sometimes, mm. I don't know, maybe I, I, I think I would have touched someone. <laughs> I don't know if they thought it was, <laughs> what is wrong with <laughs> with her? You know, like... I think that that's the best clip of this episode yet. You didn't know if you have touched someone. <laughs> no, on the shoulder. I mean, that is nothing Somewhere, to Filipinos. Okay. Yeah, there's no militia. Mm, there's no, exactly. You know, there's no meaning to it. It's just, you know, showing our friendliness. I don't know how to say it, but yeah. Yeah, our warmth. And and speaking of that, right? I remember there was some, um, we had a big boss who came to Singapore. He was, mm. he's Irish. And then he was okay. he was hugging people, and I don't know what my Singaporean yeah. teammates were thinking, right? Like that was the mm. first time I saw them getting hugged. So maybe in their head mm. they were like, "What?" But then they were, of course, it's the big boss, and they probably also <laughs> understood, right? That okay, mm. it, he is not from Singapore, so it's okay. I see, and and I wasn't a big boss then. The I wasn't <laughs> like <laughs> I was just a colleague, so that's probably why. <laughs> It didn't help in my favor. True. But true. you're right. Like other Western cultures, say Irish, you've mentioned, like mm. hugging, and some do even a beso beso, right? A mm. cheek to cheek. The kiss. French people. French, Italians, mm. like they do. I don't know how many, like maybe some of them one beso beso, some of them multiple, maybe <laughs> three, five times. <laughs> what are so many? But yeah, I think mm. uh, French would do one kiss on each cheek, but Filipinos is usually just on one cheek. Well, but ours is fake, right? We don't, the, the cheeks don't actually touch each other. That's what I see sometimes. <laughs> Depending, <laughs> I think, on how close you are to the person, probably. Ah, like okay, if you're really okay. good friends, then it's. Mm. It's fine to actually kiss them, but if you're like not sure if you're at that level, mm. then you're right. It's just air kiss. <laughs> well, speaking of kissing on the cheek, right? One thing that I noticed during the medieval times, I don't know, whenever you meet a lady, a guy would usually just take the hand and kiss on the oh, yeah. hand, right? That's something that's, that's no longer practiced anywhere. Right? Yeah, I don't think so. It's yeah, I think cultural. in the past, yeah. I, in the movies, obviously because we were not there physically ourselves, we don't have a time machine, mm. guys. But yeah, usually a guy would take the lady's hand and kiss the back of that mm. and say, my lady, or something like mm, that, right? Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, it, it's still done, but not with a lady, but with the Pope. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but who does it? Is it everyone can do it? Who does that? I don't know, actually. But I think you kiss the no, ring I'm, I'm of the Pope, right? Or what? Is it the ring? Yeah, the, kiss the ring, yes. Yeah, that's right. okay. But the ring is on the hand, so you're kind of kissing mm. the back of the hand. So let's move on to some <laughs> to Filipino yes. faux pas, right? Let's cite mm. some examples of things mm. that, you know, non Filipinos do. In the Philippines, that is considered mm. a faux pas. So I will start by yes. first one, which is bringing your shoes into the house. Yes. And I guess this is not just a Philippine thing. In Japan, they also don't bring mm. shoes into the house, right? Yes. In, in Japan, it, it becomes obvious because usually when you enter a house, there's a lower level and there's like a one step higher that would signify that you need to leave your shoes at that lower level. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, uh, we call that genkan, like the entrance, the the hallway. Mm. Um, it's usually kind of the next step would be elevated. So I see it signals that you need to leave your shoes. And yeah, it is similar to the Philippines as well, where everybody would 
leave their shoes outside, which is risky because you know somebody could steal. Yeah, if you have expensive steal, yeah. shoes, maybe yes. you could ask the host if you could like. Maybe you could bring your own shoe bag or something, mm. and then you could just keep. But just don't wear the shoes while inside the house. So mm. usually the host would maybe sometimes even provide slippers for you to wear inside the house. But if there are too many guests, then they can't do that. They, then you just mm. walk with barefoot inside the house. Mm. But what shocks me sometimes, and when I see the movies, right? Some of the scenes I see people go inside their house with the shoes on. And even sleeping on the bed, like yeah. lying on the bed, like oh why? <laughs> That's I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just mind-boggling. Yes, like your shoes came from the outside. What if you stepped on a dog's poo? Like, yeah, look, it is. Yeah, kind I of just weird. can't imagine. Like, yeah, it's kind of strange. So that's the first one. The second one is, don't insult a Filipino icon. Like Manny Pacquiao or even heroes like Jose Rizal. Yeah, like hey. Just don't, just don't. <laughs> It's so you'll get yourself into trouble, especially yes. if you're talking to drunk Filipinos, right? We can be <laughs> very, very feisty if you say bad words or bad things about uh, our Filipino icons, like Manny Pacquiao, Efren Batarayes. Yeah, yeah. You might even get a persona non grata, right? I think we've tackled this in yes. a previous episode where what happens, mm. what this means is that a Filipino politician, a president, or whatever would. Issue this, and then that means you are not allowed to go back into the Philippines. That mm. is the extreme situations. I think yes. this happened with with Claire Danes, was it? Because she called Manila, but that that wasn't an icon. I think she insulted Manila. So yeah, first of all, also don't insult the Philippines. <laughs> 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 so not just icons, but Philippines in general. Just we do not really um, take insults to ourselves very well. Mm. I guess right. That's right. Yeah. Okay, and then the third one is raising your voice or being too assertive. Mm. In other countries that we've been to, probably not Japan because they seem like they don't really raise their voice, also, right? But no. in Singapore, for example, mm. like it's very normal for you to get yelled at in front of the whole world, you know, yes. in the office. And mm. as a Filipino, when you move to Singapore, and that happens. You feel like, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. Why don't they call me into a room and reprimand mm. me there quietly? So you cannot do this in the Philippines. If you do this, then everyone would think that you're an asshole or something. Like <laughs> you, will, yeah, how, how could right. you do something like this? Like you are not supposed to embarrass people, basically. Yeah, because we're we're all about the image, right? And that's actually the next item, which mm. is don't humiliate somebody, mm -mm. a Filipino. In front of a lot of people, in front of that person's friends, mm, you know, mm. colleagues. Yes. Um, like, like in your example, when at work, try and avoid kind of bring that person to a maybe uh, secluded room, just yeah. the two of you. You know, explain the matter because for us, if our image is broken, it's quite hard to kind of re recover from that, and mm. you know, it's it's just not in our nature to be assertive and you know publicly announce our opinion that strongly mm -mm. yes <laughs> uh, especially if it kind of it ends up embarrassing or humiliating somebody else yes that's so, true although probably that, that this is starting to happen a bit more commonly now maybe because of social media mm. right but probably just mm. try not to do it because generally there's still a lot of filipinos who do not appreciate that kind of behavior Yeah, that's right. Because it's it's like a East versus West kind mm -hmm. of thing, right? In the West, they are very open. They, you know, they're mm -hmm. just brutally honest about everything. Yeah. 
And for us, we're not fine-tuned that way. Right? Mm. <laughs> we, we put a lot of reservations in our words. Yeah, I guess so. And th- that's a, the right term, Frank. We are not Frank. So if you mm. have an opinion about someone, an mm. honest opinion, like we mentioned in a previous episode, like, you know, you went to a party in the, in somebody's house mm. and insult their cooking. That's not something you do. That's a faux pas, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Just keep your right. opinions to yourself. Yes. Especially if there are a lot of people around. That's right. Yeah, and the next one is not treating an elderly person with respect. So in the Philippines, mm. we have a hierarchy. Usually somebody who is old is respected. And that is why we have mm. terms for them. Usually ate, kuya mm. is usually reserved for slightly older than new people, like big sister, big brother, or maybe older cousins mm. or whatever. Or even not cousins, just an older neighbor or an older classmate or something, you know. There's also tita and tito for aunts and uncles. And even not aunts and uncles, like, you know, your parents' friends. You do not call them by their first mm. name. That's horrifying, you know? <laughs> yeah. In the movies, we see that, right? Young kids addressing probably an uncle with their first names. It's like, huh? <laughs> you just call him Bob? You just call him Frank? Like, huh? There's no yeah. uncle? There's no auntie? Yeah. So, there is that. And also, Lolo Lola for grandparents mm. and also you do not just again maybe don't insult an older person like even at the workplace we've mentioned before again in other episodes that in other countries if like there's an older person reporting to you then you can just reprimand them anyhow because obviously they are reporting mm. to you but in the philippines you would have to consider some kind of respect i don't know you still of course mm. need to reprimand them but there is like another level that you have to consider right like you have to do it yeah. respectfully. It's quite similar here in Japan as well. And in Japan, it is normal for people to ask other people's age. Oh. So that they can gauge, they can properly address you, they can probably mm. show their respects. Like in other cultures, it's an insult, right? Or it's insulting to be asked yes. of the age. Like, can you guess? And no, <laughs> never guess. Cause Especially if it's a woman, right? Over or under guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's you a faux pas. It's it not right. a cultural yes. faux pas. It's a faux pas. <laughs> it's a faux pas. <laughs> Especially if the question is re- reverted back to you. Like, oh, mm. okay, can you guess? Can you guess? <laughs> oh, no. Don't fall into that trap. Yeah, yeah. I think if you guess, you should make sure to guess lower. Just to be on the safe side. <laughs> mm, that's right. Cool. And next one is blasphemy and cursing. Yeah. Mm. Like when you watch movies, right? There's a lot of curse words mm. in almost every sentence. There's an <laughs> F word that's really frowned upon in the Philippines. Mm, like yeah. we don't we don't do that. Like don't be vulgar. Don't use bad words. Otherwise, in the back of everybody's mind, mm. you'll be labeled as somebody who's a bad person because your parents did not teach you <laughs> yes. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did not grow up in a respectable household. Mm. We're not saying that nobody does this, right? There are a lot of Filipinos who are also cursing and stuff. Like, I remember, Mm. I think probably in Sambuanga, it's a very conservative culture compared to Manila. And then I had my CPA review in Manila, and our teacher was the one who was like, Mm. almost every sentence, he was saying the P-I word, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Every time he said it, he was like, like he's stabbing your heart because it's like, what? oh my God, oh my God, you know? So it's like that. And I remember suddenly we had an office mate before in our Filipino friend group. I think he was the only one who would use, like, I think he was also using the PI word probably. And then, mm. <laughs> then I remember our other friend would 
tell him, I'm going to wash your mouth with soap. <laughs> so dirty. Like, why do you always have to say those words? Yes. And also the blasphemy thing, because we mentioned Philippines is a religious country. So, mm. yeah, those things that you could g- normally get away with maybe in the West, like comments about God and Jesus, just mm. <laughs> don't say that. You know, don't yeah. insult God or Jesus in the Philippines. Even mm. if you mention you're an atheist, people are only going to label you as an evil person, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, que horror, this person does not believe in God. That must mean he, you know, he's a demon or whatever. Yeah, so, okay, the next one is to not refer to the woman of the house as hostess, as this has an alternative meaning in the Philippines that is offensive. <laughs> so yeah, if you think about it, hostess is... It's not harmful, right? I mean, it's a female yeah. host, but in the Philippines, I don't know why, but that is actually a term for a prostitute, right? Yes. I don't know where the etymology of that came from, but yeah, that's the term. <laughs> but I think there are a lot more words that, you know, it totally means different than in the pure meaning of it in English, but somehow we kind of used it differently. In the Philippines, right? Yeah, I think we mentioned I think for in, sure there are a lot more in our former episode about Filipino expressions, right? Where salvage, which is not yeah. means different in the Philippines. <laughs> so yeah, there are a lot of these. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, when you're hosting a party for Filipinos, please cook rice. <laughs> <laughs> so if you forget to cook rice, right? I think. A lot of the Filipinos will not feel full and they would feel that they're not welcome. They're not part of the party because there's no rice. Mm. So even if you're planning to cook pasta, carbohydrates, rich food, please still cook rice because there will still be people <laughs> who <would> want <laughs> to have their rice. Seriously though, you, you are right. Especially males, they really crave rice. Mm. I have a friend before who... You know, there was we had a team dinner or mm. something, and I guess we ate maybe pizza or something. And then he when he went home, he still ate rice because he did not feel mm. full. So yeah, <laughs> that's it. You know, when 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 I first moved to Singapore, that was a little bit of a culture shock to me as well. Because as you know, growing in the Philippines, almost every meal we kind of have rice. Mm. Like sometimes for me, even for breakfast, I I do eat rice. Mm-hmm. And when I went to Singapore. You, you can go on and eat, say, a noodle, noodle-based dish, and that's it. That's your lunch. Mm. And, and to me, it was a very foreign concept. Like, huh? That's it? That's, that's lunch? <laughs> but where's the sudan? Where's the rice? Like, where's the viand? Like, for, for me, it's always rice with something. Yes. Like, that, that's my meal. Yeah. You speak about noodles, right? Like in the Philippines, even if you have like Maggi instant noodle soup, but mm. you still have rice. Yeah. You cannot just yeah, eat the, the mm, noodle exactly. soup by itself. Mm. I think in Singapore, it was common to have dim sum. And that doesn't have rice. Yeah. And I remember Singaporeans would say like, okay, we have learned that if you are planning you know, dinner with a Filipino and it's dim sum, you still need to order rice. And they find it yeah. odd. But that's for us. <laughs> well, I found it odd that they were eating shomai without rice. Like, <laughs> there was this one time they were ordering shomai. I was like, hey... Why are you eating? Like I'm still waiting for the rice. Oh, you ordered rice? Or I was like, huh? There's no rice. Like it's shumai. Why? There, it's always a pear, no? Mm. So it's not just dim sum. Also, Korean fried chicken. Apparently, 
some prefer not eating rice with it. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I think usually Korean fried chicken is with maybe fries on the side or... Yeah, I don't think there is rice in some like four fingers. They don't have rice, right? I You're think. right. Ah, Popeyes as well. I remember. <laughs> yeah, there was no like, rice there. Yeah, it was, was mashed no potatoes well. instead, right. I think. Even KFC, I remember now. Even KFC in Singapore, they don't have rice. Oh, yeah, they no? don't. That is so sad. That is so sad. <laughs> like, you have fried a perfectly fine fried chicken. You have gravy, but no rice. Oh, my God. Speaking of this, I just suddenly what? remembered something. So, mm. in Hong Kong... So we ordered Jollibee for lunch and then it came mm. with rice because, well, I was the one who ordered it. And then I mm. was unpacking the rice. You know how we pack the rice, right? So it's like a cup of rice and then it's packed into like a piece of paper. So they were like, mm-hmm. what is that? Oh, that's interesting. And like they had never seen rice packed that way. And I was like, really? oh, you've ne- never seen? Seriously? <laughs> yeah. And, and it was like a lot of people who mentioned it. it was Hong Kongers and Irish people. So I, I guess it's a Philippines thing again. Is that so? Well, it, it's very effective though. Because you, your rice, you need to keep the heat, right? Like You don't want cold rice. And it's also um, cheaper, I guess. And at least, you know, it's paper. Mm. And, and like if you put the rice into like a plastic cup. That's true. Yeah, that yeah. would be more expensive, isn't it? So I don't know. Mm. But that was in Hong Kong. I don't think anyone commented on that in Singapore. So maybe it's just a Hong Kong thing. I don't know. It's based on us wrapping rice in banana leaf, right? Oh, yeah, probably. Uh, keeping it warm, keeping it fresh. Well, Jollibee don't have an unlimited <laughs> supply of banana leaves that will not be sustainable. And so oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Shifted to paper. Probably. So now let's move on to how to recover from a cultural faux pas. There is an article on hbr.org. They had really good tips, so we'll be sharing them with you. So the first one is, Mm. ditch your obsession with performance. So to start, reframe how you approach making mistakes and accept them as inevitable side effects of working across cultures. A perfectionistic, performance-oriented mindset can make the situation feel more dire than it really is and lead to incorrect and counterproductive assumptions. So, for example, it can lead us to think that the goal of the cross-cultural encounter is to precisely mimic or perform the other culture as if we are being graded on our performance. So, it's far more helpful and enjoyable to have a learning mindset instead, where you see mistakes as learning opportunities and chances for improvement. Granted, if you begin as a perfectionist, it is not so easy to transform into a learner, but it's not impossible. Remember that improvement takes time and will likely involve making mistakes along the way. So yeah, this is a good point, right? Yeah. Like you learn from mistakes. If you don't commit mistakes, then you're not going to learn anything. Yeah. And don't dig yourself a, a deeper hole by forcing the situation, right? Like say, for example you already knew what you did was wrong. And mm. then you were like, huh, no, there's nothing wrong about that. Ah, it's yeah, normal. Yeah. Like, that's how we do it in where <laughs> I'm from. Like, no, just no. Just say sorry, mm. acknowledge that you were wrong, and then move on from there. Because mm-hmm. for me, I had that thinking, I had that mindset before that whenever I make a mistake, oh, it's embarrassing, so I don't want to admit my mistake. Mm. When in fact, you're just making yourself look worse. Oh, yeah, uh, true. Might as well be upfront about it, accept what you did was wrong, and then... Try to learn from it. Yeah, that's a good point. Next one is equip yourself with knowledge. Now, cultural faux pas often happen in the flow of everyday life, in mm. a, you know, especially if you're in a new culture. But they can also occur in one-off situations like networking event, in an interview, or in a public speaking opportunity. In these cases, 
you have more time and resources to prepare yourself by learning the cultural norms. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So whenever you have, say, a meeting with a person from another country, a person with a different culture, plan ahead, right? Read through what, what their culture is about. Are they leaning towards conservatism or probably more liberal? Mm. So prepare yourself, equip yourself. And if you're already in a situation where you think you have committed faux pas, Try to look for clues, right? At what it says here, for example, do they say, excuse me, or I'm sorry, or in my situation, in my experience, when I hug that person, was the person hugging back or was that person <laughs> kind of in an awkward state? Now look for context clues, right? <laughs> that yeah. somehow you've committed uh, a faux pas. And mm. then from there, kind of ask that person, hey, did I do something wrong? Acknowledge that you're not perfect and try to mm. ask that person. And perhaps you can be smarter whenever you meet another person of that same culture, right? Mm, that's a good uh, point. Yeah. Yeah, you need to be observant because sometimes, as you mm. mentioned earlier, there, there are things that are not written anywhere or they're not easy to find. Oh, and be honest about it, right? I just mentioned maybe, oh, sorry, I'm, it's my first time in Japan or mm. it's my first time meeting a person of your culture. And so I may be doing something completely idiotic so please let me know mm. um, as soon as i do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the third one is when you make a mistake keep your cool how you respond to a cultural mistake often matters as much as the fact that you've messed up so before reacting take a breath and remember your preparations first mm. assess what kind of mistake you've made and whether damage control is necessary some gaffes are merely amusing and benefit from a self-deprecating smile Whereas others require an apology. If one is in order, and if you've learned what apologies look like in this culture, you can try to deliver one that gets close to what is appropriate. Just as important, if you have established a bond with the people involved, it will be that much easier for them to ignore, dismiss, or forgive it. So, in the example I gave earlier of my faux pas in Singapore, right? After I found out what I had done from that other teammate, I made a sincere apology to my Chinese teammate. So, she was very angry. But then after I made an apology, telling her that, you know, I'm a Filipino. I didn't know that this was wrong. But acknowledging that it was really a mistake. And I told her, I sure that mm. it will never happen again. So, yeah, she forgave me. And it really smooths over your relationship, right? Especially since she mm. was my teammate and I would be working with her every day. If I hadn't apologized, yeah. it would be awkward, right? Yeah. From the way I see it, it helped as well strengthen your relationship, right? Because mm. you, you had an awkward situation and you fixed it. You were sincere about it. And, and now you, mm. you're stronger as a colleague or that relationship has a good foundation now. That's true because they knew that I was willing to apologize. Like I was not mm. the kind of person who would just brush it over and like i don't care about your mm, feelings that's right. this is what i think as a filipino why should i care what you mm. think you know so i yeah so it's good to smooth over relationships by apologizing and just if you find it hard to do just remember hey you have a work visa they are singaporeans <laughs> they can kick you out <laughs> <laughs> Since you are the one who went to this other country, then you should be the mm. one to adjust, right? There, there is an right. expression, right? Ako pa ba ang mag-adjust <laughs> or something? Like, yes, <laughs> ikaw ang mag-adjust. <laughs> yes, you need to adjust. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's a really good point because that leads really well to the next item, which is engage in self-reflection. 
you know, apologizing or responding in the moment may facilitate the damage control right then and there. But the real learning comes when you s- use self-reflection to transform your mistake into a cross-cultural lesson you can use. Because y- mm. you don't want to commit the same mistake again, right? Try mm. to self-reflect and <laughs> take note of those mistakes. Yep. Right? You, can, you can ask yourself leading questions that would guide you to self-reflect. For example, what exactly did you do? How did other people react to the thing that you did? How did you know that you made a mistake? What mm. other responses were available? What else could you have done? And why did you choose the one you did? Why did you generalize that person as a mainlander? <laughs> you know, what, what was going through your mind? What might you have missed or assumed? You know? What did you mm. not understand? And what different choices would you want to make next time so yeah by by answering these kind of leading questions you assess yourself and that makes you l- learn a little bit something about yourself as well maybe mm. you were too hasty in making a, a comment mm. you were not thinking about the audience that you're in the situation that you perhaps y- you were in front of a cross-cultural group and you were very opinionated maybe mm. you're crossing so try to know uh, and be aware of your situation. Mm. So by, by examining your interpretation reactions, right, you can actually glean insights about the other culture and about yourself as well. Now, mm. Consider writing those thoughts onto <laughs> paper, if, especially if you're very forgetful like me. Mm-hmm. Try to note them down and this can help you see them in a more objective and appreciative light. You also have them ready to share f- for the next step. So I think mm-hmm. this tip is really, really good because Especially if you're drunk, right? You, you commit a faux pas and you're drunk. Mm-hmm. Chances are you will forget about it the following day and <laughs> you end up doing it again when you're drunk again. So in as much as possible, take a note of it. Get mm. your phone out. Do a note. Because just doing a mental note probably won't do very well, especially if you're intoxicated. Like, yes. I really appreciate smartphones right now because... What, what this article is suggesting, you write it down. Like, who, who brings a pen and paper nowadays, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> but Mm-mm. I really use my notepad in my, in my phone whenever there's something I want to remember. I just jot it down. Uh, when the time comes, it'll be very handy. And yeah, and the next step to this is get feedback. So this mentions, right? So if you have those notes, it would be good to have them like if you have a mm. friend or someone close to you right that you could get right. feedback from so a big part of having a learning attitude is showing that you're open to feedback getting feedback is the cornerstone of the cultural learning process because without it you'll never really be able to get outside your head and know if you're doing it right periodically mm. check in with those you are already building relationships with and ask them if they've noticed you doing anything that may be culturally inappropriate This gives them the opportunity to provide feedback and clearly signals that you're open to receiving it in the future should something arise. So if you're in an encounter with someone you haven't built a relationship with yet, you can also lean on your own foreignness rather than covering it up. This tactic can be especially useful if people can't visibly tell that you are from a different culture and therefore might not be giving you the benefit of the doubt. Once they know that you're a cultural outsider, they may slow down, show or tell you what would work better, or even smile or laugh. So I think usually if people are aware that you are a foreigner, mm. that they would give you some um, leeway. leeway. Like, okay, yeah. lean into that, but still acknowledge that you made a mistake and apologize, I would think. Yeah, right? Yeah, and this 
that point is especially true for Filipinos because there's a lot of second, third generation Filipinos who kind of grew up outside of the Philippines and are kind of brought or raised in a different culture. And once they go back to the Philippines, they look Filipino, right? Mm-hmm. But then they speak, they think differently. Oh, yeah. So people would kind of be a little bit harsh on you because they think you're not an outsider. They think mm. you're a Filipino physically, but how come your attitude is different? How come you're very opinionated? How come you're mm. using the F word a lot? Um, so <laughs> yes. yeah. And so for Filipinos coming back to the Philippines, you need to be aware of these so that you don't commit as much mm. cultural faux pas that would you know, somehow make your experience really bad whilst in the Philippines. Yeah, that is a very good mm. example. Yes, because there's a lot of Filipinos in the diaspora. So and they go back and mm. to visit their relatives and you know they commit all these things that yeah. is normal from wherever they are, but then it's not oh. okay in the Philippines. <laughs> Can you imagine a Filipino looking person in the Philippines calling his or her grandma by the first name? No, no that's horrible. Hey Agnes <laughs> <laughs> Where's the sandok? Where's the palayok? Like, oh, you, you just called Lola. But who, who does that? Like, yeah, that would be very yeah. awkward. Cool. So that's all the tips that we got from hbr.org. And so we should close this topic, right? And what would be a proper close? And I think one way is to put yourself in the other shoes, right? So we've, we're, we're talking about you committing a faux pas and how to overcome or what to do with it, how to react. But what if you are at the receiving end of that faux pas, right? Mm. And I think you shouldn't be too harsh. Like the golden rule, right? Do what Mm. you want others to do unto you. So Mm -hmm. don't be too harsh to that person and try to help them out. Mm. Try to help them recover from the embarrassment and the humiliation. Mm -hmm. Perhaps, you know, announce it to the audience that, hey, I'm so sorry for this person. You know, he doesn't know about the ins and outs of our culture yet. Please forgive him. Like, try to be that older brother. You know, try to educate that person why people were frowning, were were not happy with what he did. Um, You know, try to teach that person the right way to approach a social situation in in our culture. So I think Mm. by doing so, there will be positive karma on your end, right? Oh, yeah. When you do the faux pas, then (laughs) chances are somebody would help you because whenever you're in a situation where somebody is committing a very bad social awkward thing then you know (laughs) you were that big brother so yeah i think Mm. pay it forward be nice to people who have committed an embarrassing and humiliating thing but what about you do you have any examples of faux pas that you yourself committed Mm. or maybe you know some other filipino faux pas that we did not share because we just gave Mm. eight right if you have anything to share please Share them with us uh, on our Instagram at Podcast or email them to bananakipodcast at gmail.com and the best ones will be featured in the next Cutie Minute. Time for our followers. Cutie Minute. Your thoughts in our voice. Cutie Minute. Not really one minute, but we're calling it Cutie Minute. So our first cutie commented on episode 91, How to Deal with Change. And this is from Lagim Podcast. And she said, OMG, I was seriously scared that you were going to announce you were quitting. Phew! Welcome to the fortnightly podcast gangs. I still have so many episodes of yours to listen to, working my way through so many back catalogs. 
I see so many Pinoy pods pod fade and it makes me sad really. Could not bear seeing you two go. And then like four crying emoji faces. <laughs> So, oh, that's so thank sweet you, Christine. Yeah, thank you. That's so sweet, Christine. And by the way, I'm we right now. I'm wearing the Lagim podcast T-shirt yes. <laughs> that I received so from nice. her. <laughs> the the one on top of your T-shirt, right? There's like a um, ethnic language script. It looks really cool. Yeah, it looks it's ethnic. Perfect. I don't know. I think I don't really know what this is. And aside from that, I also have a tote bag. That's the wow. same. Oh, it's a package. <laughs> yeah, and also some stickers. So yes, yeah, so she, she the, what happened was I won this mini contest that she had on Instagram, and then I managed to guess how many Easter eggs were in this photo that she made, and then that was the prize. So thank you, Christine, for nice. that and for your very nice comment. And yes, we're so happy to know that you think that highly of us because Lagim is a very well-known podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. Is. <laughs> it's so nice. Thank you. And it's a really cool looking merch though. Like it says Lagim, but it's so bright, so colorful. It doesn't look Lagim at all. It's very beautiful. <laughs> That's true. It's it should be dark. Lagim is like Lagim dark. So dark. Can that is a good point. <laughs> can give you goosebumps. But no, this is a really cool, clever looking merch. So thank you, Christine. And next, Cutie is still commenting on the same episode, episode 91. Um, and this is from Riku Otraaho. And he says, Kumusta? Ooh, very nice use of uh, Filipino expression right there. You pronounce my name nicely with a thumbs up. All right, thank you. Because we in Finland pronounce words almost the same way as you. No hidden letters, just like <laughs> fopa. Like why? Why? Uh-huh. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Why French? I was so happy when you talked my comment on your podcast. I don't know this emoticon. It's like a a face with starry eyes. Also, Mm -hmm. my girlfriend liked that. It's okay. You're not anymore publishing podcasts that fast. Good to take a break. Oh, thank you. But I like your podcast. I hope you will do podcasts for a long time. Salamat. Oh, I can... That is really clever of you, Rico, using a Filipino intro and a Filipino outro in your message. Oh, that yeah. Shows <laughs> you're a really clever Filipino ninja right there. No, Filipino is not ninja. Wait, let me rephrase that. Okay. You're a very clever Filipino katiponero. Right. <laughs> what is a Filipino equivalent of ninja, D? I don't know. Like assassin? I, I have no idea. Mm. No, I don't think... Do we? Have an equivalent. Is there even equivalent of a ninja in other countries though, aside from Japan? Like in US, what is that? An FBI agent? Uh, what is CIA? that? Yeah. Like <laughs> okay. Jack Reacher. And if you go to London, maybe that's James Bond. Uh huh. Um, so secret. In the Philippines, who do you have? The Provinciano? Or? Provinciano, yeah. <laughs> you are a really good Provinciano. <laughs> you are a very right. good Coco Martin. It doesn't sound right at all. <laughs> Okay, that's that's fine. <laughs> All right, thank so- you, Rico, for that really nice message. <laughs> yes, thank you to everyone who have made who made comments, and then please continue to leave comments for us, and that we could read in the future episode. And also, please leave a five star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Podchaser.com so that you know it would help the algorithm that people would discover our podcast. And also, please share them with your friends. Yeah. Anyone doesn't have to be Filipino. 
even though they're not Filipino, all your friends. Like, ask them, do you know what a banana queue is? You don't know? Well, here's 90 plus episodes <laughs> of a podcast that will tell you what a banana queue is. Uh, do all the episodes tell <laughs> no, them no, what no, a no. banana queue is? <laughs> no, tell them if they are interested in learning more about Filipino culture, like Rico here, right? Then they can listen to the podcast because it's in English and they would learn a lot. Right, so it's a learning podcast. You will be a Filipino James Bond, which is a provinciano. <laughs> be a provinciano. Listen to Banana Keep. That seems very weird if it's just taken out of context. <laughs> Nobody will understand the point. Anyway, that's Anyways. it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. And bye.